0: Hey, so how's it going?
1: You know, sometimes I have to Google when Mercury is in retrograde, and sometimes I just fucking know.
0: I I feel like Mercury has been in Gatorade an awful lot lately.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. I got the depression big time.
0: Great.
1: But I bought, I have this book on self care.
0: Good.
1: I I marked all the little things that I want to do for myself. I haven't actually done any of them, but, you know.
0: I'm going to send you some book darts.
1: Okay. Are you familiar with them? No.
0: They're little brass arrows that go clip onto the edge of your book, Mm -hmm. and so you can point to, like, the specific line you want to point at, but they add almost no extra, like, bulk to your book, like, if you put a bunch of bookmarks or fold-down pages or stuff, which yours doesn't like, yours is a fine system, but I just, like, that's how I tag things that I want to go back to forever.
1: No, I love that.
0: So I'm going to send awesome. you some.
1: Please do. Yes.
0: How are you? Um. Well, as we're recording this, I am four days to freedom. You are four days to freedom. You are, your
1: Mercury and Gatorade is going very well for you. Yes. That's good. I'm happy for you and not at all jealous.
0: Well, um, I had a slight panic attack today when I realized all of the buildings I went to look at to move my business into weren't zoned for the type of business that I want to do or that I do and that um, I can't afford the places that are zoned for mine. So I'm back to the drawing board in finding a new home for epilogue soaps. Um, That's okay, because really, I found the perfect solution. But we don't have enough room in our backyard for me to, to bring in the she shed, basically, that I want to work out of. Sure. Um, so, anyway, other than that, no, things are great. And I'm super excited. And um, as I sent y'all the screenshot of that email today that said, teachers, don't let students out of the classroom. A group of them were surfing down the sidewalk on a computer cart
1: listen I'm on the kids side on this one so I'm not (laughs) sure I can help you
0: no I'm just like this place has turned into the wild fucking west and I'm so glad to be getting out of it
1: dude it's the last week of school of course it has
0: yes and then all of my students are like man Mr. Adams why won't you let us out of the classroom and I'm like because I'm not an idiot
1: yeah
0: I've been at this a long time yes
1: Indeed. Well,
0: um, I did find, however, a quote today mm. that I from a student that I never sent y'all oh, that I'd God. like to share with you. <coughs> it happened during state testing, and so you know that whole debacle. And I was a little preoccupied by making sure they didn't kill each other. Nah. But a kid looked up at me in the middle of the math test and said, "Um, this test is wrong. The answer's not there." I wanna I wanna let you sort through that with a little bit longer, kid. Oh god. <laughs> I'm gonna let you ruminate on that just you a know, little bit longer.
1: I can I can I can identify with that kid though, because there's nothing worse than taking a test like that and doing all the work to find the answer and then looking at the answers, and it's not there. Right. Um that is a nightmare. One that I have experienced, so i get it kid and i'm sorry
0: so um how's life uh i already told you um well i mean how's being alive because we just disappeared last week
1: was that your door
0: yes that was okay, because my
1: ring popped up and like was like there's motion at your front door but that, <laughs> doesn't, sound like, that doesn't sound like my front door i was
0: okay yeah it it sounds like i'm welcoming somebody to my um boutique every time somebody opens my door
1: um yeah we did disappear last week we're sorry
0: we are sorry um i was not feeling great and then aaron was not feeling great and then um both of us forgot that we probably should I don't know, put out some kind of notification that we weren't putting out an episode because we didn't feel great. So we just disappeared.
1: We did. And, you know, here's the thing. I'm still not feeling great. Physically, I'm fine. It's mentally, my brain is like cut in half, but that's okay. I'm here. I'm bringing the funny. Clearly. You are
0: bringing the funny. You're
1: laughing right I'm laughing.
0: We're both (laughs) laughing. It's all laughter. It's Um, all laughter all the time. Speaking of laughter... I don't appreciate one of our fans slash patrons emailing us today, sliding into our DMs to call us out for Poor what we always in trouble. Stuff. All we
1: do is Yoda. She's
0: going <laughs> to take away our money. <laughs> I wasn't going to call her name. I wasn't going to publicly shame her this time and also mostly i just don't like being called out like this because i'm a white dude who does not like to be put on blast but speaking <laughs> of white dudes that don't like to be
1: put on blast go join our patreon patreon.com slash lifetime sentence That's right to say about
0: that um but we just got a, a happy little reminder from from joey that um when we recorded towel hot blonde which i feel like must have been episode seven or eight for us like it was pretty early in life
1: it was really early let me see
0: um we talked a lot of shit on TikTok. A lot of shit about TikTok. We did. Um
1: and how I how I responded to her was I was like, "Oh, switches over from TikTok. Wow, how the how the mighty have fallen." Switches back to TikTok. Because, you know what? Who knew back in 2018 Is that right? 2018? Damn, that is right. That Yeah. We were gonna have a pandemic. That's all.
0: Yes. That's all.
1: Like I, I, that's why yes. I'm addicted to TikTok. I'm just that's what I'm trying to say anyway.
0: Did we start in 2018 or did we start January 2019? Fuck, I don't know. Nineteen to twenty would have been year one. Twenty to twenty one is year two I don't know. 19. Who knew that a hundred and something weeks ago, hundred like 14 weeks ago,
1: when we started when you this. You got it. It was episode seven that was Talha Blondes. I don't know how I knew that. I love Talha Blondes. That's a Me too.
0: Uh, it's, I mean, it's a wild story. It's a great case. We had a lot of fun with it.
1: And then we have Sarah going, <laughs> I'm
0: not saying that.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, okay.
0: she puts Can up an awful lot of shenanigans. Up? I would she love does. to hear about another fucked okay. up. <laughs> Sorry, that was a cute little hat. I enjoyed it. <laughs> Is that your wrist guard for your keyboard? <laughs> I...
1: I'm barely holding on, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having problems. First of all, the mold mold in the air, what the fuck? It's like nine zillion. So I'm not, I can't even think clearly because I can't breathe. I'm not getting enough oxygen. And then I have the depression. And then I had to watch this movie. And then I have to like, on top of everything, I have to go to work like a chump. But really the mold is 13,000 today.
0: Oh my God. See, it's been raining for 19 days straight, except for little boy's birthday here. Yes. So luckily our, like, pollen counts and mold counts aren't quite that high because everything's being pushed to the ground. But, like, every... No, it's been I raining here. The ground.
1: It's been raining here, and our mold count oh. is
0: still that high. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, no. Lu- are y'all getting any of the tropical depression? Is that the rain you're getting? Yes, or we did. Okay.
1: We did get the tropical depression, which you know, now just, you, you've just got I, the standard
0: depression. Now I
1: just have standard depression. Yeah, um, but is it also tropical depression
0: in- if you're sat on a beach? Yes. Okay.
1: Um, so, I, good news for all of us, you and me particularly. Um, yes. Since I work in insurance, we get you know notifications about hurricane season, and I'm happy to report that it's that it has been predicted this will be another very active and very long hurricane season
0: no no my family amy i know you're listening and you know the depths of my love for you you're the only one who'd be allowed to live in my house for an entire month like you did her family cannot live with me for a month again
1: i don't know what to tell you buddy That's what i'm that's what it can't
0: happen Anyways, Dr. Sarah, we need more kids to fill up our house. (laughs) Wow. Okay.
1: (laughs) Maybe have that conversation off mic, please. And while I'm not there. Nah. Nah. Okay. This week I watched. Oh, hey, this is Lifetime Sentence, and I'm Paul. (laughs) And I'm Erin, and we just pissed off Fran so bad. We're sorry. Um, this week, I watched The Pastor's Wife. It stars Rose McGowan as Mary. really. I love Rose McGowan. She is from Charmed and Planet Jawbreaker. Terror and Jawbreaker.
0: The Grindhouse? Did she do some Grindhouse movies? Grindhouse. Hmm.
1: She's from a lot of stuff. She uh-uh. was in Once Upon a Time.
0: Was she really?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Must have been the later episodes, unless I just slept through our story arc. Because after they went to hell, I didn't care anymore.
1: I never watched that show, and I don't know what you're talking about now.
0: So. Oh, they literally went to hell at one point. Sure. Okay. I'm already in hell.
1: Um, Michael Shanks, he plays... Matthew, he's from Stargate. All the Stargates, um, Elysium, Project Blue Book. Can you tell that I did my job before we came on here? He was. He also played Rick Singer in the College Admission Scandal movie that we already covered. Oh, okay. Um, and really, those are the two characters that matter. Well, we have the lawyer Martin Cumming Martin Cummins, and he's from Friday the Thirteenth. We All Fall Down, Riverdale, Wind Calls the Heart. He plays Henry Gallon on Wind Calls the Heart.
0: This guy has a, a wide array of acting credits from Riverdale to Wind Calls the Heart and Lands in Indeed. Lifetime.
1: Deck the Hallmark did a preview episode for the um, summer movies. I'm not sure if it's dropped yet because I'm on their um, their plus, so I watched it live on Facebook. But um, there's... There's a movie coming out that has two actors from the Fifty Shades series in it.
0: Oh, my gosh. There,
1: there, there was some commentary about um, that oh, casting. Is toys. one of them Jamie Dornan? No. <laughs> no.
0: Because no. I might watch it for him.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we all would. Um, we immediately <laughs> open with a body being wheeled out of the house. So that's not good. Casual. They say it was found face up, and that they have no idea what the motive could be, except quote the rumors that everyone has heard.
0: Great. Rumor has it Adele just falls from the sky to explain everything. Rumor has it. Rumor, the barber or, says, "No, it was pointless." Go on.
1: <laughs> so the, they do this movie. It's kind of like, um, it's like a documentary type, mixed with like act like real things happening okay they're doing like interviews and then they show like actual stuff that's happening um so the barber says that these are all just good nice normal all american people and i was like yeah except one of them is a murderer so there's that
0: so this is like a high budget like um unsolved mysteries or what's the show i'm really thinking of where they tell us what luminol is
1: forensic files thank you it's like a high and budget i would
0: Compared to budget forensic files. files. Sure. It's like a real moderate budget forensic Files*. There you go.
1: Over in the church, the pastor welcomes everyone to service and tells them how much courage it takes to live a Christian life th- these days. And hot take, no, it's not. It's not take courage to live like a moral decent life person sorry um okay
0: but we're being persecuted left and right listen listen, nobody wants to
1: be persecuted like freaking evangelical christians want to be persecuted they want to be persecuted so bad
0: i don't know Aaron, why you're coming at me like this because all i want is my mr potato head to have a dick (laughs) and for everyone to know jesus and to hate people that don't look just like me jesus was white also, did you know that the ring around the sun is called a corona? So coronavirus isn't even real.
1: Did you know that my cell phone reception is so much better since I got the vaccine <laughs> and I got the little 5G chip in me?
0: Um, this vaccination is making people uh magnetic, <laughs> and you're all going to hell. It is the mark of the beast.
1: Y'all, hell's gonna be a great time. We're gonna have so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he then compares teenage girls and the way they dress to streetwalkers. And so he denounces teenage girls and sex workers in one sentence. So he's already on my shit list.
0: I think that's just a conservation of words. You should really be proud of his ability to um, offend people on a budget.
1: Do you remember like 30 minutes ago when I said if Sarah wanted to poison you, you'd be dead? (laughs) Yes. Please don't make me speed that process along. Um, he says he. Oh, wait, no, 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 no. He says society is begging people to deny Christ. No, it's not. Um, ooh, and now we're talking about the role of women and men in society. And if this oh, guy is the one oh who my. dies, I'm already not mad about it.
0: Thank um, God. Well, women said, should never have clothes on unless they are breastfeeding a baby because that is just unnatural. He and they should always be pregnant.
1: He personally has nothing against women. Women are the lifeblood of the church. And what could be more important than that? Why on earth would they ever want to be leaders or have a job or, you know, I don't know, anything?
0: I mean, listen, this guy is really converting me to his to his church. I'm probably going to walk down during the Invitational. They're singing the Potter's Hand on repeat and I'm down there crying while somebody is either speaking in tongues or charming a snake i don't know what kind of church this is yet you got to tell me this what the, is the decor church of is.
1: christ and so there's no speaking in tongues or charming snakes in this church oh, these are church straight as good music people. though
0: no i'm thinking simply a god church of christ is nothing yeah, mind.
1: i was gonna say um, are you <laughs> sure church of christ are the ones i think that don't believe in they tongue. don't have
0: me yeah they have almost nothing At there's nothing church, that's gonna convince me to go there <laughs>
1: After church, an old lady gives the preacher some icebox cookies. He calls his wife the best mother in the whole world. And then back at the barbershop, the barber is talking about how everyone loved the preacher, especially the ladies. The preacher, meanwhile, is scolding his children for not having their dress shoes on. Well, another old lady calls the girls the sweetest girls on God's green earth and espouses what a wonderful father the preacher was. The new neighbor comes over, meanwhile, to talk to him because he told her son that he was going to shoot their dog. Uh.
0: And she says,
1: surely you didn't do that since you're our neighbor, the pastor.
0: But alas, he did. Oh, good. Is he in Texas? Because Texas just passed that you can open carry with literally nothing. Yeah. Because if you're a man,
1: it's your body, your choice. If you're a woman, it's under his eye. Right. Please don't get me started on the new abortion law in Texas. We will be here for two hours and we won't even get through my portion of this episode.
0: (laughs) Stay tuned for part two.
1: I have feelings. (laughs) Maybe that's why I'm so depressed. I'm just being oppressed as a woman.
0: No, that doesn't count. You can't claim that. Y'all are always claiming emotions, Erin. I know. Poor Just divorce. because men are taught to suppress theirs doesn't mean you get to brag.
1: Have you seen the TikTok <laughs> that says if men could get pregnant abortions would be available at Jiffy Lube? Oh
0: yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Um. Anyway, so um, they do interview the neighbor though after the fact and the dog is still alive so at least I know that the dog is going to be okay and I can move <laughs> forward and watch this movie. <laughs> So the church ladies are all gossiping about a woman named Stella who is <gasps> getting a
0: divorce. What a fucking monster! I bet you she leads music at BBS too.
1: They tell they talk about how she took vows in front of God, and Rose McGowan slash Mary, the pastor's wife, is like, "Uh, didn't he take vows too?" And they're like. <laughs> You're so young and naive, but don't worry. You're the luckiest woman on the planet being married to that super sexy pastor of ours. Ugh.
0: So I forgot that this happened in Tennessee. And I was like, why do we keep giving these bigots horrible Southern accents? And then I was like, you know what? That checks these, out. These particular bigots
1: do have horrible Southern accents. So. um at home later, the pastor tells his wife that she should start signing up for mail-in sweepstakes because the Lord helps those who help themselves. I don't think... I don't... Th- I would okay, just like, let's where, where in that. the Bible does it say that? I need to know. I've read the Bible pretty, pretty fairly. Where in the Bible does it say that the Lord helps those that helps, help themselves?
0: Oh, listen. That's in the bonus features. You have to have... Um, premium access to to get all the verses about winning the lottery you
1: have to download bible plus okay
0: <laughs> bible <laughs> hymns, it's our new <laughs> oh god so
1: she asks him if he's asked for a raise yet and i was like do pastors get raises
0: it's a big process, but they can. But it's a it? big process.
1: Is that how Joel Osteen got rich? Um,
0: <laughs> he just kept giving himself a raise.
1: Yeah, The church is having... Okay, he's like... Um, he tells her it's too soon to ask for a raise. And then he's like, uh, what happened to my shirt? Why is it too small? And she's like, I don't know, because you're fat. Like... <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, it's probably all those icebox cookies you've been eating asshole
1: yeah for real um so he's like well i can't ask for a raise so you should definitely fill out that sweepstakes paperwork instead the church is having a potluck to <laughs> that's celebrate. gonna be
0: their raise the hgtv smart home and the
1: car totally um the church has a potluck to celebrate pastor matt's anniversary with the church he thanks mary his wife for being so supportive his parents are there and apparently they run the church of Christ in the state of Tennessee. So I'm sure this is all
0: fine. They run the whole church of Christ. Yeah. Like they're the heads of the franchise.
1: I assume, I assume it's like whoever runs a Southern Baptist convention in Texas. I, yeah. yeah. Um. So Mary's at work and the bank calls, but she says she'll call them back. Later at home, she has a panic attack that I thought was because of the bank, but later I'll figure out it's because of something else. The next day at work, the bank calls again and she hangs up on them. They call her back on her cell phone, though, because there's a problem with some bad checks and she could be facing criminal charges if she doesn't come in and bring Matt So she smokes a cigarette in the alley like you do. Um, And then she goes home and tells him that they have to go to the bank to straighten things out. She goes upstairs and tucks her kids into bed. Her kids ask if she's okay. And she assures them that everything is fine. Then she goes outside and rubs a pot. And I wish that was a euphemism or something that made more sense. I don't get it. Listen, maybe
0: maybe she thought there was a genie in it
1: maybe um the next morning the paper boy comes by on his bike i put drives by (laughs) (laughs) and then the camera pans up to the girls sleeping in their beds but there's a gunshot that wakes them the oldest goes down to her parents room and mary tells them to go get dressed because they have to leave they run outside into the van and speed away They drive to Mississippi. I'm going to try really hard to pronounce all of the syllables in Mississippi because I usually (laughs) do not. But I don't want to sound like a backwater swamp person. So I'm going to do my very best. Mississippi. And the oldest peppers Mary with questions about what happened. And Mary tells her that this is what her father wanted. Then she looks at her wedding rings and flashes back to her wedding in which she promised to obey, which, yuck. <laughs> Don't like that at all.
0: Yeah, no, go hard and pass. They check
1: into a motel, and they ask for a credit card, but she convinces them to let her pay in cash. Over at Bible study, the church ladies are getting worried, so they naturally decide to do what church ladies do best, investigate. Gossip. Oh. <laughs> they go over and bang on the door, and when no one answers, they go around to the back and find an open door and let themselves in. Um, The church lady immediately goes upstairs in a house that isn't hers because church ladies have absolutely no chill. Um, She finds Matt's body, of course, and I bet she'll never do that again. Lesson learned.
0: You know she does the next day. For real.
1: The barber is with her and he starts to pray and calls 911. And oh, Nancy Grace is here. And Nancy Grace is here a lot in this movie.
0: Is it, again, it's the real Nancy Grace? It's the real Nancy Grace. What She's is here to she... talk
1: about the murder. I wonder if she gets royalties for these kinds of things or what happens.
0: I was about to ask. How much question. money do you think Lifetime has paid her to appear in these?
1: Can, a lifetime intern, can you have someone call us about Nancy Grace? Can you put us on instead? Because we will talk about shit for you.
0: Um, lifetime intern, can you please tell Nancy Grace we'd like to interview her on this show? Do not tell her what we're about. Do not tell her what we stand <laughs> for. Just tell her we're interested in talking to her about cases.
1: You know, I have, a, I think TCO, True Crime Obsess posed this theory and I really subscribe to it. Nancy Grace has a, like a horrible backstory. Like her backstory of how she got into what she does now is absolutely uh, tragic, tragic, tragic. Uh huh. And I think, and this literally, again, was put out by a different podcast. Don't say I came up with this. I didn't, but she was very normal. And I think the Scott Peterson case broke Nancy Grace. You know, because that's when she went cuckoo bananas.
0: I don't doubt that. Um, So she used to have a syndicated like daytime courtroom show, Swift Justice with Nancy Grace. This was before I knew how nutso she was. And also I grew up very conservative and didn't know there's another way to be. So maybe I just didn't see how crazy she was, but I kind of enjoyed that show. And she was mostly fair on it. And then she I was. saw clips and then of her Scott on the news later.
1: Yeah. And she went absolutely bonks. I don't know. It's a theory. I like it. That's all.
0: Um, I But a part of me also wonders if the Nancy Grace brand is a put on because she became a lot more high profile when she went that crazy too.
1: I don't know. I don't know. I still like to subscribe to the theory that Scott Peterson broke her.
0: This is um, Lifetime Sentence, a Nancy Grace speculation podcast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Over at his shop, the barber is talking about how Matt was always so nice and helping people. So maybe he turned away a drug dealer or something and they killed him. And I was like, that's <laughs>
0: that's a lot. God. He comes out. And he's like, excuse me, sirs. Can you not it's bring like your that cocaine TikTok. spoon?
1: It's like that TikTok of, uh, uh, you need to calm down. <laughs> yes. It's like, damn, it's 7 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the police issued an Amber Alert for Mary and the kids who are at the beach. I didn't know you could issue an Amber Alert for an adult. Because they announced, they specifically announced that the Amber Alert is for Mary Winkler and her children, and then they name all the three kids. Huh. That's weird, right? Yeah. I know, like, an alert on, like, an elderly person here, at least. It's There's called a silver, silver alert. alert. Mm-hmm. I don't know. One of the kids points a toy gun at her sister, so Mary naturally freaks the fuck out about it and then apologizes. Um, the next day, they drive to Alabama, and she promises to take them to Waffle House for dinner. <laughs>
0: Uh, listen everybody needs some hibachi
1: (laughs) um the fbi has tracked her down though and a patrol car spots them and heads back to pull them over mary pulls over and they the police go up to the car guns drawn and demand that she gets out while the kids scream and i don't know maybe put the gun away and everyone won't be screaming i i don't know um they start digging through the car and find the shotgun. So they handcuff Marion and arrest her. And arrest her in a situation that will have her kids need therapy for a very, very long time. Yes. There is a press conference where they announce that the kids and Mary have been found safe and nothing else. So at least one person is doing their job today. Um, Winston agrees with me.
0: Yeah, he's he's really happy for that one report.
1: Mary is being questioned about her marriage and whether they had any problems, regular or financial. He asks if anyone was having an affair, et cetera. And Mary says everything was fine. Down the hall, they're, interview- they're questioning the children. Um, Matt's parents arrive and ask to talk to Mary. The police say she's a person of interest, but they don't believe that she could have done this. Um, so they go into the interrogation room and they assure her the, his parents go into the inter- interrogation room and assure her that the Lord will give them all strength to get through this. The police ask her more questions And she says that sometimes she thinks something may have happened, but she's not sure. They ask her where she was headed with the kids when she left that way. And she says she doesn't know. But then sometimes she thinks she would sometimes she would think that it would be the last time she'd be able to see them. So she wanted to take them to the beach. And I put here, she seems very dissociated at this point, and so I'm not sure what they're trying to get at. Um, right. Um, so she says she wanted them to have a happy day before everything happened. Um, so now a cop is walking down the beach saying he knows exactly what Mary was planning on doing. And that was killing herself and the kids at the beach, of course. Because white men i don't know um and
0: listen we only have room for so much speculation sir and we've already used most of it on nancy Gray's. he so adds that this is down. just
1: his theory because mary never admitted to that because duh my guy <laughs> right um back at the station they finally ask mary if she shot her husband and she says i think i might have so they take her back to tennessee to jail um They take her, they also okay, so they take her to Tennessee to jail. She changes into an orange jumpsuit, and then they take her to the funeral home to see
0: Matt's casket. That's really sweet. They let her get dressed up.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I was like, that's weird. Matt's father gives the eulogy and compares himself to biblical figures who have also lost children, and who says there's a problem with pastors in this church? Um uh, da, 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 da. he says, everyone needs to guard themselves from the speculation and the loose talk and fill their hearts with and minds instead with prayers for Matthew, Mary, and the kids. Nancy Grace is back to tell us more about how Matt was asleep in bed when he was shot.
0: I was so worried she would be gone. I'm glad yeah, she's back. I know. I missed her. <laughs> she's a comforting figure.
1: Mary, meanwhile, is brought in to meet with her attorney. Um. She says she doesn't need a lawyer because she's already admitted to the murder. But the attorney says she absolutely needs him because the whole world is watching this case. And she's currently on the cover of People Magazine. And I just want to insert right here that this is not how I plan to make the cover of People Magazine. <laughs> but Mary well, so is like, um, choosers. Mary's like, um, what? Why am I? What? Um, and she says she doesn't want her kids um, to hear things. And she doesn't want anyone to speak ill of Matthew. She asks if they can just say she's a crazy, awful, evil woman and leave it at that. And the attorney is like, "Um, no, we can't. Um, He says he can help her if she'll let him. And a couple of the church ladies go to visit Mary and give her some stuff that they collected at the church. She's shocked that they did anything for her. And honestly, so am I. Um, Right. They bring her a Bible and some devotionals along with toiletries, etc. And tell her to keep praying that she'll get through this. So it's time for the trial. They ask for her plea, and she enters a plea of not guilty. Everyone gasps, and they send her back to jail. Nancy Grace comes back to talk all about it. Um, So Mary's attorney and the DA um, get into a pissing contest outside the courthouse in front of the media, like you do. Mary's in her cell, and she flashes back to when she and Matt were dating. He proposes having 12 children.
0: And I was okay, like, oh, I wonder no if 12 is too many. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, Mary meets with her lawyer and says there's no defense for what she's done. And she doesn't deserve a defense. And her lawyer assures her that he knows that she didn't just wake up one morning and kill Matthew. And there has to be more to it than that. So she finally starts talking. She says things were fine for a while and then things started to change. I.E. He started criticizing her all the time, putting her down, et cetera. We flash back to when Mary asks him about the raise. He accuses her of shrinking his shirt and then gets mad at her for buying their daughter birthday presents and then he slaps her. So what a peach. Uh, The DAs are talking about the defense claiming um, abuse and that the pastor was squeaky clean so they're still like in the clear. Mary calls the girls and Matt's mother tells her the girls are busy and then hangs up on her. Um, The DA offers... Mary a plea bargain for second degree murder and Mary's attorney says no. So they counter with manslaughter 15 years to life that she can serve close to her family. But Mary says if she goes to jail for 12 years, she'll never get her kids back and they'll grow up to hate her. So she says she can't live with that. Her lawyer says it's a good offer, but Mary turns them down. Yikes. So we're back in court and everyone is gossiping about how maybe she had another boyfriend and someone saw her smoking that one day. And I just have to point out, neither of those things make you a murderer. Just saying. I mean, she did kill her husband.
0: (laughs) I mean, I smoked a cigarette one time and I feel like I kill people sometimes. So
1: in the opening statement, Mary's lawyer says Mary wasn't a perfect person, but she had to be because she was. The pastor's wife. Yes, I love when the title. I love it when they put the <laughs> title. It's oh, my favorite thing. After the first day of court, everyone retreats to their corners to regroup. The next day, an expert testifies that Mary had PTSD and has experienced dissociative episodes, etc. I called it. The news reports later that Mary will be taking the stand, and Mary's lawyer prepares her for testimony. The next day, she's on the stand and talks about how Matthew asked her to open an account in her own name. Apparently, Matt had won a sweepstakes, except it was a sweepstakes put on by a Nigerian prince. Oh, yes! Yes! It's the GTV Dream Home? No, they get a check for $4,900, but are supposed to send back some for state taxes. He says this is no big deal, and he'll take care of it and tells you to go deposit the check so they can pay bills. Um... And he told her to open the account in her own in her name only so that the check bounced, it would not hurt him or the church. So she says she deposited the check and started writing checks for bills, but they all bounced because the check was surprise, surprise, no good. We flashback to when Mary went to talk to him about the checks bouncing at the and the and the bank um, saying they would have to go take care of it together. Um and he says he's not going to the bank because they she made the mess so she should clean it up. And he's not even on the account anyway. They talk about the argument with the neighbor about the dog he threatened to shoot. Um, Mary asks Matthew why he has to be like that. And he goes off about how he's the head of the family and never to question him in front of the children. And I was like, get fucked, dude. So he smashes a vase. And when Mary bends down to pick it up, he kicks her in the face. Again. He's just a sweetheart, a cuddly teddy bear.
0: Pillar of society.
1: Indeed. Um, Now the prosecutor is questioning her about the incident. The prosecutor tries to use the fact that she lied to the doctor about like, she had to go to the doctor after he kicked her in the face, right? And she told him that it was a softball injury. And so the prosecutor's like, oh, you lied to the doctor? So you must be lying about everything else. And I'm like, But also, if she lied to the doctor about what happened, then you also saying that he never abused her can't be true. So, I don't think you're making the point that you think that you're making. Right. (laughs) Nancy Grace is back to ask why we would even care about whether someone was abused or not. And you can go get fucked, too. Um So Mary's attorney levels with her and says she has to put everything on the table because if she gets convicted and sent to prison, she'll never know her kids or her grandkids, etc. So she better get back on the stand and tell the jury everything she's been hiding. A judge is also making the Winklers bring the kids for a visit. The middle daughter is super happy to see her and the baby is still a baby, but the oldest is not happy to see her and accuses her of being a liar. Okay. There is a lot of arguing and crying and the Winklers rush the kids out. Fortunately, or unfortunately, this gives Mary the strength she needs to burn it all to the fucking ground. We flash Perfect. back to her asking Matthew for a divorce. He refuses and threatens to cut the brake lines in her car and cut her into a million pieces. And again,
0: mm, he's nah. a gem.
1: Then he points the gun under her chin. So Mary goes in to testify again, and her attorney gives her an evidence bag to open. It's a shoe and a wig. To be more specific, it's a clear acrylic heel in a blonde wig. He asks her if she recognizes the items, and she says, yes, Matthew bought him for her to wear when they have sex. And I mean, that's not too terrible, except that this seems to be non-consensual like roleplay, and that's right. not okay. Right. Um see when I roleplay, I play the pastor's wife.
0: <laughs> wow. Wow. <I'm>
1: <laughs> I took you a little too long. Um. Anyway, so he, she puts on, so we flashback again. She puts on this entire outfit and red lipstick while she cries. She says, Matthew also made her watch porn, which again, none of these things are a crime, but they should be done with a willing and consenting partner. That is the crime.
0: Right. Especially since he already has hated on women for the way they dress and quote, streetwalkers.
1: Yeah. Um, it's the whole Madonna horror complex. Matthew's mother storms out of the courtroom. Um, Mary on the stand accuses Matthew of anal rape and then told her that if something bad happened while he was having anal sex with her, that there was a surgery to fix that. Oh my God. Right? How fucked up is that? And then it gets more graphic. And so I'm. that's the last detail I'm going to tell about that particular situation. She says the last time he raped her was the night before the murder. She says the next morning she was so tired and the baby started crying. So Matthew pushes her out of bed and tells her to shut the baby up. And I'm like, bro, you wanted 12 kids like five minutes ago. You need to calm the fuck down. Um when she doesn't immediately jump up and run after the baby he gets up and starts suffocating the baby like he puts his hand over her mouth and her nose
0: no no this guy's canceled
1: mary runs after him and picks up the baby and he and but the baby keeps screaming because i don't know some guy was just trying to kill her so um he keeps screaming about shutting up the baby And we zoom in on a drawing in one of the in the other kid's room of the family, and it's like a very colorful drawing. But Matthew is like to the side, and he's dressed in all black with X's over his eyes. And I was like, "Oh man, a child psychologist would have a field day with that shit."
0: Also, hello, edit of the week. I love this. Yeah, or prop of the week, I guess.
1: Um, Mary says that Matthew did it to all the children, but Sarah, their youngest, had respiratory problems and he couldn't let her him do it to her anymore. Then we flash back to Mary going into the bedroom and saying she wants to talk to Matthew, but he just turns over and ignores her. So she grabs the gun and begs him to talk to her. He doesn't see any of this because he has his back turned to her and he continues to ignore her. So she shoots him. Casual. Okay. She says she didn't mean for the gun to go off. She was just trying to get his attention. Later, the DAs are talking about how Mary should win an Academy Award for her performance on the stands. (laughs) Why is Nancy Grace still here? I don't know. So the jury deliberates and they reach a verdict. Mary is found not guilty of first-degree murder, not guilty of second-degree murder, but she is found guilty of voluntary manslaughter. Her attorney assures her this is good news, and she hugs and thanks him. They interview a juror who says most of the women wanted to acquit her altogether and there should have been more men on the jury. And I was like, yeah, dude, you men are batting a thousand in this fucking movie. Right. (laughs) Also, I've
0: walked into many situations in my life and I thought, you know what would fix this? More guys.
1: More white dudes. (laughs) Just really more white dudes everywhere. That's what we (laughs) need. I keep hearing that, th- that the white men are trying to take hot girl summer and call it white boy summer. And I will not allow that I in reject my house. That. I <laughs>
0: reject that.
1: Um, so the barber says he doesn't understand the verdict. He doesn't know how she can be not guilty of two murders and guilty of one manslaughter, but it's okay. That's why he's a barber. Um, we hear news stories covering the story and giving their opinions. Matthew's mother says she doesn't think they'll ever know she meant to kill him. And some people say she's been punished enough, but not enough for her. Matthew's father says he believes in forgiveness and he preaches it in his church, but he doesn't know if he can actually forgive her. And I was like, then you don't believe in forgiveness. That's right. not what that is. That's
0: not how that works, <laughs> sir.
1: Um, we see Mary's church friends with the kids and Mary walks over to them. Her middle one runs over to hug her and she picks up the little one and the oldest one just kind of stands to the side and stares at her. And I was like, oh, this is why we don't put kids in the middle of things. Yep. Um So they move on and Mary is working in a diner and some guy um, asks her if she's the lady who shot her husband and got away with it. And Mary stands up from pouring his coffee, looks him in the face and says, you want to be next?
0: Yes, Mary.
1: (laughs) The end. They say nothing about like how much time she got for any of this or anything. So well, hopefully you, you have that, that information. I do. And I know you can, cause I did have to Google whether this was real or not, because I could not like, I didn't read anything about it, but I was like, I cannot do another not real.
0: Case. Yeah, no, this one is real. <laughs> um, so lifetime did a good job, but this is one of theirs that they took some liberties that I am um, surprised by.
1: Okay. Well, I kind of oh. like when they do that. Oh yeah. It makes, it makes your part. Like it makes everything more interesting, you know? Yes it's hard when it's like okay this is the movie and this is the story they were exactly the same
0: (laughs) yeah um so just at the top my sources are of course wikipedia and murderpedia and um an article from truetv.com called a perfect life the mary winkler story Mm -hmm. um and then a new york daily news article that um was called God Don't Like Ugly, the Paul and Aaron story, written by.
1: I don't know who you're calling ugly, but it's not me. No,
0: it's our attitudes. It's not the way we oh, look. That, no,
1: that makes sense. That, check, that tracks. that totally checked out, <laughs> yeah. Me,
0: yeah. Um, and so both of these articles I didn't realize when I was doing the research, but they're both written by a man named David Kraticek. And a white man? So he's. Uh, sounds that way um but he um it seems to be the resident mary winkler expert um so a
1: weird thing to be an expert on
0: (laughs) right listen have you ever watched uh unwrapped or how it's made and they shed the talking heads and it's like paul adams cheddar cheese expert listen (laughs) yeah i watch
1: unwrapped so i can find my new dream
0: career right so um this is I'm taking directly from I think the God Don't Like Ugly article. Um, They opened it very well at dawn on March 22nd, 2006. So we are 20 days after I turned 18. In fact... March 22nd, 2006, I am in Indiana playing in the National Honor Orchestra, so I know y'all wanted to know contextually where this was in life.
1: March 22nd, 2006, I um, had just turned 23 and I had a two-year-old, almost two-year-old child.
0: (laughs) I cannot imagine. Yep. cannot imagine. I'm, I'm exhausted and always lost as like a as like an grown solid adult mm-hmm. i have no idea what i would have done at 23 or at 21 because i was a fucking idiot
1: oh I, I i was also a fucking idiot i just was a fucking idiot with a with a kid
0: you did a really good job with him
1: thank you you know okay i have to brag on my kid for a minute and please my, do my bff listens to this podcast and this is about one of her children but her child is going to start school where my child goes to school next year my child will be a senior uh-huh. child will be a freshman okay so all weekend he has been introducing my friend's kid to his friends so that they have friends like when they go to school that is so sweet i know how do i make sure mine turns out like yours send him over i like your kid i'll raise him
0: <laughs> He's so sweet except for yes today when he was melting down because i need a refund on three years old
1: oh three teenagers <laughs> are the worst yeah um at least now that mine's an actual teenager he can at least tell me what his fucking problem is <laughs> right i oh, mean he right. still has a he has an attitude like to the freaking moon and back but literally i was so proud when i heard that
0: I was that's, like, so that's sweet. the sweetest
1: right. thing i love that
0: all right so at dawn on march 22nd 2006 a tennessee preacher's wife named mary winkler Shouldered a 12-gauge shotgun and shot her husband in the back as he lay in bed. Rendering Maybe he a-
1: shouldn't have been such a fucking asshole.
0: <laughs> Rendering a mortal wound that cleaved his spine is the direct quote. <clears throat> You're welcome. I hate that. Leaving him to die alone, she loaded their three daughters in a minivan and set off for the Gulf of Mexico. She's like, bye. Do what? She's like, bye. (laughs) Yep. I gotta go. Uh, Leaving him to die alone, she loaded their three daughters. Oh, I said that. Arrested two days later in Orange Beach, Alabama, the widow Winkler was dry eyed and remorseless as she explained herself to police. Um, And so this is the quote where that, the title of that article comes from. Quote, he really, he'd really been on me lately, criticized me for things, the way I walk, i eat everything said winkler who was 32 i was tired of it i guess i got to a point and snapped so my ugly came out <laughs> i'm like i know, mean that I'm makes fair. sense um so Merrill, mary carol winkler born mary freeman was born december 10th 1973 in knoxville tennessee she and her parents lived on frontier trail which is a like moderately affluent neighborhood in knoxville um it's right on the edge where the city turns into kind of farmland um and then this article even went on to say that um the recent census at the time of the article was that the their zip code is 94% white, with an average home value of $100,000 and an average household income of $42,000. So, just to really this contextualize where she grew up,
1: 2006. Uh huh. I mean, I'm just like looking at like I'm just thinking about the average home price right now. Like, I just yeah. want to make I just want to make sure that I'm very clear. The minimum wage has not been raised. No since I was worth making minimum wage.
0: Yep. Um, So Mary's mother was a teacher and her father worked in real estate. He flipped houses. Um, So the, they attended the Laurel church of Christ in Knoxville, which was a a church of about 200 families. Um, And it was known for its campus ministry at university of Tennessee. Sure. Um, and her father served as a deacon in the church. Um, and so when Mary was eight years old, her younger sister, Patricia, who was a quadriplegic, quadriplegic, let me make extra syllables in there just for funsies, I guess. Um, <laughs> she died while having a seizure while Mary was eight. So oh my um, god, Yeah. And um not long after that the Freemans adopted five children, two boys and three girls, all from the same family. Um and so both of those actually I I know that you know this, but both of those will bring actually a lot of psychological trauma to a kid. Um Yep. Being I do the know that.
1: very, very,
0: very personally Yeah. Well, and like a lot of people don't realize, and this is where I was headed. A lot of people don't realize that being the biological child of a family who adopts children also brings a bunch of trauma that people don't expect. Yeah. Um, and yeah. that's stuff that even I didn't think about until we started fostering. Now that um, I don't have
1: experience with personally. My parents right. did not adopt, but I do have. Right. Simply. Yeah.
0: Um I I'm not gonna make you get into that, but Thank you. so she just very quickly went through a lot of trauma very young um so she actually, when she was young, went by her middle name Carol and sometimes Mary Carol um to differentiate from her mother, who was Mary Nail because sure. you have to um so Mary Carol was very active in her high school. She participated in several choruses. She was a member of the Spanish club. She uh, played tennis. She was in the future <coughs> teachers of America. And then she was in a religion society, which my high school did not have that. Yeah. Um, and so she graduated in 1992 and spent that first year of college from 1992 to 1993 um, at David Lipscomb University, which was in Nashville. It's known as a flagship college for Churches of Christ believers. Oh, boy. And then she transferred the following year to Freed Hardeman University, which was another Church of Christ affiliate, this time in Henderson, Tennessee. Um, So it was while she was at um freed hardiman university that she met matthew winkler um where his father worked as an adjunct professor so like you said they were the royalty of the church of christ he was also the, like one of the educators of the church of christ
1: interesting
0: um she was there to be a teacher she would to follow in her mother's footsteps and he was planning to follow in his father's footsteps and become a pastor Right, of um, course. Or if if you're my mother, she always, without fail, says pasture, like where <laughs> you keep your animals.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: Paul, you need to. That's my fine. Pasture. You should hear my mother.
1: You should hear my mother try to pronounce the word Mitsubishi. Yes. Really
0: fun. Yes. Um, so they got married in 1996, and they welcomed their first daughter, Patricia, in 1997. And then they welcomed a daughter named Allie in 1999 and a daughter named Brianna in 2005. Um, So Eva Farrell, who was a supervisor at a Christian school that um, Matthew worked with, was quoted in this article that I just wanted to use because he was a pillar of society. Quote, Matt had it all. He was handsome. He was full of personality. He was smart, but most importantly, he had a good Christian soul. Yep, that face. (laughs) That face.
1: (laughs) I wish y'all could see my face.
0: In 2005, the family moved to Selmer, which is in western Tennessee. Um, And then the article said, quote, they seemed to live and breathe the Bible. (coughs) The Winkler's still a handsome young couple after 10 years of marriage had three precious daughters. Um, Matthew was this beloved preacher at the fourth street church of Christ in Selmer. He was athletic. He greeted friends and strangers with a broad smile and a firm handshake. And, um, and Mary was his supportive, like perfect preacher's wife. She was about to go back to school to finish her degree in education. Um, but she was at like every event, and she was, you know, like she played the role of pastor's wife, like you would expect. Yes. Um, and they lived in their parsonage, which was not far from the church. Um, so. Selmer, where they lived, was the kind of place where this article described it as a place where people wore their faith on their sleeves. Um, one of the phone books in that area lists more than a hundred churches, but only three bars. And I don't think I want to be there. Yeah. I'm a practicing Baptist. Like I, I'm, I'm at church all the time, and I don't want to be in that place. Um. So while the Winklers had a reputation as the perfect couple, and then I put red flag central. Yeah. (laughs) Faults emerged in Selmer. Many, uh, Mary would later say that Matthew grew increasingly domineering was the term that they used. Um, So on March 21st, Mary Winkler worked her very first day as a substitute teacher in Selmer public schools. And her new colleagues noticed that she spent a lot of time, on her breaks, talking on her cell phone.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then she rounded up her this children.
1: 2006, so that wasn't
0: as prevalent as it is. Right. There's no iPhone yet. Right. Um, she rounded up her children after school. They went home to the parsonage, um, and that's where she was met face-to-face with by her husband. Um, they had needed to have a conversation, quote, later, And so that night, the family watched Chicken Little, which, like, what a, what a time. Like, I love that they added that detail just to really set the scene for me Um, and ate Pizza Hut. And then the parents tucked the girls into bed at about 830. And then Mary and Matthew revisited this familiar argument about finances. The Winklers were broke just like many of the families with an in with a nursery full of children um who were young and one spouse was in college you know like that's a tale as old as time yeah um but this new subject seemed a little more pressing because mary winkler had fallen for an internet scam oh Many scam emails are sent each year, as you're aware. And now they call us on private numbers. And um, someone currently is waiting to talk to you about your vehicle's extended warranty. Yes. But um, this particular one was known as... um, In Africa, it's known as the 419 scam because of the nigerian law that bans it um many of the scammers live in festock town nigeria which is right outside of lagos the capital Wait, was it
1: really a nigerian prince
0: it's really the nigerian prince scam oh my
1: god i made that up
0: yeah um they call themselves the yahoo yahoo boys because they have like endless yahoo email accounts yes um which yahoo yahoo is a lot better than Mm -hmm. gmail so i'm glad this was in 2006 because Mm -hmm. you aren't going to get nearly as much fun calling yourself the gmail gmail boys um no not at all and and then i wrote yes this is the one person who actually fell for the nigerian print scam i thought that was only a thing of myth and legend but no here she is miss america no that's really a thing yeah um so like any financial scam, the 419 scam depends on the greed of its. The greed is what they wrote in this article, but really I think it's even a lot more desperation in most people's cases. Yeah.
1: I think that's probably the case.
0: Um, the scammers gain a bit of trust from the victim. So if y'all don't know, cause like, I think we all have questioned, like, how do people fall for this scam? And so I did a little bit of research. So the scammers will actually wire the people they're scamming money up front. And so that's how they gain their trust and make them think it's legit. And so then the victim is drawn into basically money laundering um, that involves deposits and wire transfers or of stolen, uh, stolen or altered checks from third party accounts um Hey,
1: no, stop that. No, no, ma'am. sorry, sorry. You're not a ma'am, are you? I mean, if you Listen. are, congrats, but I didn't know.
0: People misgender me all the time because of my voice, so I just answered anything at this point.
1: People misgender me because you? of your
0: voice? Oh, yeah, every time I'm at We're a drive-thru, get on my way. Every time I'm at a drive-thru, yes, ma'am. And would you like anything else? Wow, that's so bad. Yeah. So I just I don't even get offended. I'm just like, yeah, sure, that's great. <laughs> um, so Mary Winkler had gotten very deeply involved in this Nigerian prince scam. Um, through wire transfers, she had deposited two fraudulent checks, one from Canada and one from Nigeria, totaling about seventeen thousand five hundred dollars in family accounts. And then she shifted some of the funds to a second bank in the shell game known as. And this is, the game was known as check kiting is what they wanted to clear up. So okay. um, like this whole thing, we usually call money laundering, but it's terms whenever it's all just fraudulent checks is check kiting. Mm-hmm. Um, so she had withdrawn $500 cash by the time the bank officials had caught on. Um, and it turns out this is why she'd spent so much time on the phone on March 21st. Two Tennessee banks, Regents Bank in Selmer and First State Bank in Henderson were demanding to know Mary Winkler's role in the 419 scam. And she never was completely forthcoming in explaining her involvement to the banks. Quote, I'd gotten a call from the bank and we were having troubles, mostly fa- mostly my fault, bad bookkeeping, she would later say. Referring to her husband, she added, he was upset with me about that. Um, and then her attorney in that interview interrupted to say, as a family, they were being conned the information we have is that he was aware of the checks and knew ab- about where they were being deposited. Um, but this is one of those instances where we only have one side of the story. Yeah. Um, so the argument escalated from there. According to her, she said, quote, Matthew started ranting about problems he was having and personal feelings about the church administration. I don't know what set him off. I was listening to him. He calmed down. He started the movie. We started the movie and I fell asleep. He woke me up. We went to bed. I remember not sleeping well. But she said there were other problems that uh, came up that night. Um, And all of that caused her ugly to come out. I just love that phrase. I love that that's the euphemism for I shot him. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I mean, it works. So at 6.15 a.m. on March 22nd, 2006, Mary's alarm clock went off. Um, Matthew lay asleep. She got out of bed and went quietly to their closet where she pulled out the 12 gauge shotgun. Um, and then she pulled the trigger. Um, quote, the next thing I remember was hearing a loud boom. She later said, I remember thinking it wasn't as loud as I thought it would be. I heard the boom and he rolled out of the bed onto the floor. Um, didn't some have been guys so close just, to the edge of the bed, dude. Some guys just can't hold their bird shot. Some guys just can't just,
1: hold their
0: bullets. <laughs> um, cause Matthew Winkler took seventy seven pellets of bird shot to his body, ouch, um, which punctured several organs and broke his spine. but he was not dead. Oh yeah that's not good. He lay on the floor literally dying, bleeding out and managed to, to say one last thing to her and his last words to her, or his last word to her was why?
1: Yes, that is in the movie.
0: Um. But also I'm quote, like, because you were beating your wife probably? Quote, I told him Maybe. that I was sorry and that I loved him, she said. And then she wiped the blood from his mouth with the bed sheet. Um. And that's when she realized that the blast from the gun had woken the three daughters. So the oldest Patricia crept into her parents' bedroom to find the source of what she called the big boom. Um, and then her testimony in court was quote, my daddy was face down on the floor. And then she talked about how she heard him groaning and she asked her mother what happened. Mary said, I told her daddy was hurt and I told her we were leaving. So that morning, as he lay on the floor dying, Mary Winkler put her daughters in the family minivan and they drove away. She packed nothing, but she did bring the shotgun. And I'm just reminded of the uh, the Godfather: take the cannoli, leave the gun. Leave the cannoli, take the gun. (laughs) Um. So she. She told the oldest daughter who was asking, I thought Daddy was hurt. I thought Daddy was hurt. And she said, he is, but helps on the way. Um, and Daddy would want us to leave right now, basically. So she drove to Jackson, Mississippi. She stayed at a Fairfield Inn, um, and then continued to this to a sleep inn on the Gulf of Mexico in Orange Beach, Alabama. Um, and her statement to the police. She said that she'd been beaten down by her husband over, quote, stupid stuff until she was bullied to the brink of insanity. Quote, I love him dearly, but gosh, he just nailed me in the ground and I was real good for quite, quite some time.
1: Mm-hmm. They do quote that in the movie. Interesting. I can never tell when they're using actual quotes or not. So I just, I, I usually never grab those. Right. Because, yeah, like, who knows?
0: Right um so police and prosecutors said the statement indicated that she'd given the killing some forethought and this was apparent premeditation and so that's why the first degree murder charges set in is because of this quote right there i was real good for quite quite some time uh, Mm -hmm. and he just nailed me in the ground like um that that's basically a confession of planning is what they argued later um, so after she was caught, when Claire agreed to return to Tennessee, where she rave, waived her right to a preliminary hearing um, based on advice from her lawyers, um, Faris and Ballin were their names. <laughs> sure. Right. Um, Ballin. Do you remember whenever people used to say that?
1: I'm a baller, shop caller. Yes, I do. inch blades, blades in on the end I'm going get laid tonight. Get... Special roll tight. So... Sorry. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, yes, I do. Actually, remember when people said that? Yes, I do.
0: Anyway, so they agreed to take her case without retainer. Um. And then a lot of people just presume that they took this case so that they could get the publicity that the case would bring them.
1: I mean, uh. that's what I assumed like when the guy comes in and he's like in the movie and he's like, I'm going to represent, I'm going to represent you pro bono. You know, your cousin called me and said, you probably couldn't afford an attorney, but you know, I'm going to represent you pro bono. And she's like, why do I need an attorney? And he's like, well, cause you're on the cover of People Magazine right now. I'm like, yeah, you're doing this pro bono because you want to be famous. Right. Which I get it. I get-
0: Yeah. But free advertising. Go off. like. <laughs> um. Quote, the only reason I headed towards Orange Beach is that I wanted to take them to the beach and play with them as long as I could. Mary Winkler later said, I planned on coming back when we were through. I knew I'd be caught. I didn't tell the girls the truth that I'd shot daddy. I said he was in the hospital. Just anything to make up him not being with us. Um, And as you mentioned, she paid for the hotels with cash um, and she did not use her credit cards or use the phone to call anybody. So, Mm -hmm. um, it was actually very strange that they were able to track her quite as quickly as they did. Yeah, that is. Kind of <laughs> odd. Um. So Matthew Winkler was found dead by church members about fifteen hours after he was shot. Um. They went. <laughs> they went poking their noses in whenever he didn't show up for a Wednesday night prayer meeting.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So in this article, it just said that they issued an Amber Alert for the daughters. Um. Huh. I mean, and in the then,
1: movie, they're very clear that it's for her and the kids. Right. It's very, It was very odd.
0: Because, I well, I was trying to think of any time I've ever heard of them um, issuing an Amber Alert for a parent. I've never heard, but they will often say an Amber Alert for the children last seen with this parent. And that's all I can imagine that this one would have said too, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, now, I must have not wound up putting it in my notes but it's important so i don't know why i didn't put it um in the middle of all this the family had also lost a daughter um oh, okay and now i don't remember her. i think she was born and died as a baby but now i'm like was it a late term miscarriage it was still very i mean it's still very tragic and it sent mary into a really dark depression for a while and she mentioned sure. that yeah. several times um so orange beach police um took the daughters and it says entertain the daughters and i just want to know what police did to entertain an 8 a 6 and a 1 year old coffee and donuts baby <laughs> And then threw them back in the interrogation room where Mary Winkler's like, fine, I'll confess. I'll confess. Take them." <laughs> yep. Um, so Mary Winkler's demeanor at arrest and her police mugshot appeared to indicate depression according to um, psychologists. Um, and then or repressed feelings or shock or some combination of each. Um and I'm like I bet it's probably all of the above if I if I had to guess.
1: Yeah.
0: Um police noted that they were puzzled by her lack of emotional reaction as she's be- being taken into custody. Um which as you mentioned this sounds like a dissociation. Yeah. Um they berated her or not berated her but kind of um pointed to her lack of guilt because she didn't have any tears whenever they arrested her right um because women have to be hysterical always, but also when you're hysterical, we're gonna call that bullshit too, so of course, right um, ma'am, I see that you're crying after you shot and killed your husband. Are you on your period
1: so here's the thing like women um Are expected to always be emotional, but also our emotions are blamed for the reason why we cannot, like, be in charge of things. But also, if we don't show emotion, we were blamed for being heartless and cold.
0: Right. Right. Just so long as we're all on the same page now. Exactly. Okay. Um. So... She said in her interview at this point time that she had accepted abuse from her husband, quote, like a mouse for many years. Is this a phrase that I've, that I'm not sure? She with?
1: uses the, the phrase in the movie. And what the only thing parallel I can draw it to is quiet as a church mouse. Yeah. Which was a thing that I was told as a child to be quiet as a church mouse. Yes. In service. So that's the only the parallel that I draw is maybe she like picked that up in childhood.
0: Maybe, or like locked in a cage like an animal is the only other thing I can come up with. But yeah, like the phrase, I was abused like a mouse is not something I was familiar with, so I didn't know. Yeah. Um, Tennessee listeners, is this a phrase y'all use? <laughs> Write it and let us know. Send so us an email <laughs> or um, a Instagram. Let's see. So of course the media paints this whole thing. Um, that they were a real life Ken and Barbie couple and then she snapped. Um, Can and we so, stop
1: with the Ken and Barbie nonsense? Like, Right? Ken and Barbie are not an ideal couple and neither are Romeo and Juliet. Ken what and Barbie want... are dolls. Right. Romeo and Juliet are definitely not an ideal couple. Ken and Barbie are not people.
0: What I want is Tom Hanks and Rita. Um... Wilson. Wilson, thank you. That's who, that's our new standard. Okay. <laughs> um, anyway, so of course, public opinion deems that he must have done something to deserve it. Um, mm-hmm. But the, but the reasons that they come up with, I think you're going to love. Okay. He either abused his wife or children. That's one option. Mm-hmm. Had quote, a love affair. Or, what about a sex affair? No, only a love affair. Only a love affair. Okay. Or homosexuality, which in fact is the most egregious of sins and the forgivable reason to kill. Oh for fuck's sake. <laughs> Get over yourself. <laughs> um but pretty immediately the public opinion was that Mary Winkler was a victim and that he was an abuser. Um And so many um, legal specialists, many experts say that Mary's case was won before she even had attorneys to represent her. Okay. Because public opinion was so widely believed that he was an abuser. Um, And so her attorneys nurtured that image. They released this carefully controlled storyline that this demure angelic woman was pushed until she fought back against this temperamental, perverted, and domineering husband. And we will talk about perverted in a second. Um, okay. And so the shooting, it seemed, was quote an act of vengeance of biblical proportion. You know that David Kraticek was really proud of himself when he wrote that sentence. <laughs> Judging you, I didn't write that. That's a David. I'm judging you, David. Talk to David, you, David,
1: you, David.
0: Um, so in August 2006, about five months after about five months into being after about five months behind bars, there we go. I knew words would come eventually. Nailed it. (laughs) Um, She posted. $750,000 $750,000 bail with the help of her father who mortgaged all of his like he had some rental properties and stuff and he mortgaged mm-hmm. all that to help pay her bail It's a good dad um, so then she moved in with a friend to await what would happen next um, and so what happened next as you would expect because why not was a 2006 profile in Glamour magazine. Contracts, okay. Yeah, so her attorneys agreed to allow her to pose for photos, including one of her wearing this beautiful crucifix necklace. Sure. Uh Uh-huh. Gotta really drive it home. Right. I'm, so this article said crucifix necklace, and I forgot to look up this picture. I wonder if that's just this guy's way of saying rosary. <laughs> like, well, they're not Catholic. No, but that doesn't mean they didn't play it up for the media.
1: I would assume crucifix. Hold on, I'm gonna
0: Google it. It's the November 2006 Glamour. <clears throat> So, while well, Aaron's looking that up for us, um she let's see her father and siblings offered testimony about her saintly nature while um also um telling stories about Winkler being obsessive about money and holding Mary under his thumb.
1: How is this not in here? it not i mean the people magazine is in here not the glamour
0: well that's uh no disappointing unacceptable okay no um it's the same one that she wore to her testimony and it's just a beautiful simple silver necklace with a cross
1: Okay, yeah, that's not a rosary.
0: No. I was Like I said, I wouldn't be surprised for somebody to play up to the media. Like, <clears throat> I
1: would in her particular case just because she is actually religious as well. So I would right. assume because in the Church of Christ, and most evangelical churches, the Catholics are evil. Right. And we don't that's ever fair. want to be compared to the Catholics. They're not actually religious. They're not actually Christians. They're a cult. So, um,
0: yeah. Right listen. Uh, Also, um, I
1: do not actually believe that. I'm just saying what other people believe. If you're Catholic, like, do you go off? I
0: don't think. Yeah, go for it. Um, so, after all this, the prosecutors tried several times to negotiate a guilty plea with her. Um, they were actually kind of desperate. They went to her with three different plea deals, which sounds Mm -hmm. like they were desperate and knew they were going to lose their case from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, they eventually went to trial. Oh, hold on, I accidentally skipped a line. So, her attorneys declined several um, offers, even after prosecutors decided not to seek the death penalty. Um, and so, the prosecutor went to trial seeking a first-degree murder conviction and a twenty and a fifty-one-year sentence. Okay. <clears throat> um, so everyone who said at the trial basically said prosecution was out of their league when it came to her defense, like that they should have just sat on their hands and let the court finish without them. Um,
1: That doesn't surprise me. The fact that they approached her with three different plea deals and then like tried to
0: go after first degree murder, like really? Right. Um, so... Patricia, who was a fourth grader, appeared as a prosecution witness and gave testimony about seeing her father lying on the floor after the gunshot. Mm-hmm. Um, And the prosecutor asked her whether he had ever... Uh, whether her dad had ever been, quote, ugly with her mother, and she responded, no, sir. Um, which that's not specific and precise wording and a fourth grader needs something a little better than that, but
1: well, and do, also
0: can... I think kids, it's Oogie to have interviewed the daughter period.
1: Yeah. Kids always mm. know. And that's a very general way to ask a child, but also it, it may have been ingrained into that child to never to, say anything about that right, even to or, and to the point of like just pretending like you don't know what you know you know right um just, like and they could have even blocked it out like if it's oh yeah, if it's that ingrained in them not to remember stuff like that, yeah, kids are very and then, very intuitive and resilient, Oh, oh one hundred percent,
0: um, and then she went on to say that she didn't ever want to see her mom again. Um, which I can imagine is heartbreaking for so many people. Yeah. Um, so there was, and then Matthew's mother testified against Mary, um, saying that when she had first visited with Mary after Matthew's murder or after Matthew's death, she said Mm -hmm. that she had not killed Matthew and then she indicated that both she and the children were angered by what oh the mom was like, "Me and the kids are both are all angry because Mary is a bald faced liar, cool, uh, and it's like, great, sit down um I mean, I understand you're sad, that's terrible, but like don't speak for the kids,
1: yeah, I hate that
0: um so during the trial mary um Kind of got that spark back that everyone expected. She finally showed some emotion. She kind of came out of this dissociative state. Yeah. Um, she, it said, I'm sure she,
1: she's medicated to the fucking hill at this right. point,
0: right? Um, and so she was finally brought in to give her own testimony. Um, and but her defense had always like said it was this, um, like basically X-rated subject matter. And then it said the courts were kind of disappointed that, or like the people in the court were kind of disappointed that it wasn't as, um, what's the word, racy as it was made out to be. Um, but she revealed that her husband pressed her to engage in oral and anal sex, which she viewed as unnatural. And again, like you said, there's nothing wrong with it. If it is consensual with both parties.
1: Thank um, you. I it's the consensual
0: like, thing that's important.
1: It is consensual um, that's important, but also like, let's not like demoralize oral and anal sex as unnatural. That's fucked up, but it right. can also be something that you don't want to do.
0: Right. Um And then. You can recognize that it's is, a
1: thing that people enjoy and also recognize that you don't, it's not something that you personally enjoy. Don't be right. like that.
0: Um. So and then again this is her her testimony. Do not come at me for what she says here. She said that he insisted that she dress up slutty in an Afro wig, mini skirts, and footwear fit for a hooker, a hoochie hoochie mama. Um so that's problematic for a lot of reasons.
1: That's extremely problematic.
0: Um also, I'd forgotten that the phrase hoochie mama existed until I started taking these notes.
1: What? You don't I, remember that song?
0: No. What song?
1: You ain't nothing but a hoochie mama. Hoodra, hoodra, hoochie mama. <laughs> I had forgotten about that song. That's a, that's a
0: banger. How dare you? Um, so then her attorneys were like, and look. Exhibit X for X-Rated. And they popped open there. I imagine that it was like a, a steel box. And like out like came, a, a deal or no deal? Yes. And out came the wig and the shoes. Um, and even Winkler, while uh, even Mary, while she was giving her testimony, held one of the eight inch stilettos and shook it while she was talking just to show how egregious this was. Um, Oh, God. So, um, after a three-week trial, the jury deliberated for eight hours before announcing the verdict, um, that she was found guilty of voluntary manslaughter. Under Tennessee Mm -hmm. law, voluntary manslaughter is a crime of passion, quote, produced by adequate provocation sufficient to lead a reasonable person to act in an irrational manner. Okay. Um, so there was no reaction in the courtroom to the verdict. Like nobody was shocked or relieved or anything. It was just like a silent courtroom, which was odd. Yeah. Um so after the trial's conclusion, um that's when they re- announced that they turned down three plea bargains, so they'd been pretty confident from the start um so the abuse narrative of course prevailed at this trial um 10 of the 12 jurors were women
1: uh-huh.
0: um and that they knew that that worked in their favor wait did
1: that bro really say that the
0: uh-huh. jury should have
1: had more men on oh my god
0: yeah and that the women wanted to acquit um they were like all the women were from her church. They were like, not anal sex. Oh hell no. He needs to burn in H. E. double hockey sticks, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I love how they
1: I love how they started with, oh hell no, and then ended with he needs to burn in H. E. Double hockey stick.
0: Yeah. Well uh, you gotta weigh something. it out. Um so Mary Winkler went from facing a lifetime behind bars and was instead given a verdict um, of voluntary manslaughter where she was given a sentence of 210 days in prison and three years probation. Um, But he allowed for time served. As long as she spent sixty days in a mental health facility, since she'd already so this bitch spent, just walked out. She'd already spent one hundred and forty-three days in jail, so she just had to spend her sixty days in the mental health facility and then was released. Um, sorry, she had to be in jail for one more week and then go to the two months in the mental health facility, and then she was done. Go far. So there you go. Sorry, that's me. Um, there of course there was a lot of speculation everywhere about whether or not she was abused and I didn't want to get into that because neither one of us can come up with the truth but what I can tell you is that the right. people in the courtroom heard a convincing enough argument, argument that she was yeah. Um, so yeah that is the case of Mary Winkler what a ride yeah um, and while we're talking about this, I have two book recommendations I'd like to throw in, um, Please. that go along with this case really well. They're both fiction. The first is, um, The Mothers by Britt Bennett. Have you read it? No. Um, so, so it was Britt Bennett's debut and, um, cause she also wrote The Vanishing Half, which is very popular right now. But
1: um, Yes. So the
0: story you is- You I heard of her.
1: I was like, I know I know her.
0: Yeah. So it's a small town kind of story. The um, protagonist is a teenage girl. Her dad is a preacher at this small church. Um, and every chapter opens with a Greek chorus who are telling things that are happening outside of the storyline, but to contextualize everything. And that- Greek chorus is actually all the women at church, and so it's all the gossipy old ladies who are telling the story. um, And it comes out that this girl, whose mother died when she was young, um, got pregnant with the like high school football star, or you know, some kind of high profile teenage boy, um, and her trying to decide whether or not she wants to have an abortion because she's seventeen. And everything that goes with that. And so being the preacher's daughter in this congregation, being narrated by church ladies, um, just creates this very interesting narrative form. Um, And the other book I want to mention to go along with it is Monster by Walter Dean Myers. It is written as a screenplay, but um, it is the fictional story of a boy who happened to, who is implicated in a murder Um, and it is his trial and, um, the witnesses who are called to the stand all also have kind of sorted histories. They are in gangs or they are currently serving time in prison or whatever. And the, um, prosecution spends the entire book trying to build a case for their, um, unreliability as witnesses. And so you, sorry, you mentioned in the movie that they did this too, right? Right. That they are trying to establish people as unreliable. And so this book goes along and you follow the, the case in the trial, but at no point do you ever know if the boy was involved or not. Um, Oh my. So we we see the trial and we hear the verdict at the end um, and it's told through his perspective um, but but you it's, don't know. it's a really good study in Unreliable Narrator, but also in how we really get trials, you know, like we will yeah. never know in right. this instance.
1: That is crazy.
0: So those are my two book recommendations that go along with this, I thought.
1: Well, I will say um, starting next week, we are going to have, what are we calling it?
0: crazy girl summer hot crazy girl summer
1: hot crazy girl summer yes yes okay so it starts next week next the first movie is saturday may 31st a party gone wrong
0: okay inspired
1: by a true story follows april as she finds herself fighting for her life after attending a party with her best friend britney Um, She stumbles into a suspicious rideshare but quickly realizes the driver has other plans in mind, stealing her organs to sell on the black market.
0: If I had a dollar for every time I got an Uber that was trying to take my kidney.
1: So that is next week. And then um, also coming up, we have Gone Mom, uh, the story of Jennifer Dulos. Um, She vanished in 2019. Um, and then we have Soccer Mom Madam, Soccer Mom Madam, which stars Jana Kramer, which should be a good one. Um, Left for Dead, the Ashley Reeves story. Um, secrets of a Gold Digger Killer.
0: I like the title of that one already.
1: Secrets of a Marine's Wife.
0: Okay, so we're in the secrets theme.
1: Um, cradle did fall. And then we have the movie that I called earlier this year. I think it was when we did our anniversary episode. I said they were going to do this. I said they were going to do it too soon. And here we are. Doomsday mom. The story of Lori Vallow.
0: Yep. I did not realize that was on this lineup. Okay.
1: It is on this lineup. Um, So, yeah, we've got some good stuff coming up. That Lori Vella one is going to be rough, but we will do it because I do this for you guys. Yep. And so, yeah, that's like six – our next six episodes. Thanks, Lifetime.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's really exciting.
1: I mean, so make sure you – like, if you're not, like, on a service that streams Lifetime, make sure you get online, follow these movies, watch them. It's way more fun if you watch them because – I, I think it's more fun, but
0: yes. And, and Aaron I'll tends to try be really to live tweet some of
1: them. Yes. I will try to live tweet some of them. What I'll do is um, this Saturday, I cannot live tweet the movie, but the next week I should be able to. So um, this Saturday is a holiday weekend. I'm, I've am i got a lot going on, um, but um, the next week I should be able to, and I'll, I'll just put it out like on our uh, Facebook Uh, Instagram and Twitter that I'll be doing the live, the live tweet. Y'all can join me come live tweet with me. It's fun.
0: Yes, it is fun. Um, I always enjoy watching. And one time, I don't remember what you were tweeting about, but, Oh, it was the Victoria Gotti movie. I was playing a concert and turned my phone off. And when I turned it back on, it took like an hour to catch up on notifications because like Victoria Gotti had retweeted us or somebody like in the family had retweeted us. It was her sister. her sister. Yeah, That's it was right. her
1: sister. And then Maurice Bernard, who was in the movie. He played yes. John Gotti in the
0: movie. Yes. Yes. He,
1: he, he. And I love Maurice Bernard. He is in General Hospital, which I love General Hospital. So that was really fun. That was a fun night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so we'll see Aaron if I can get Janet Kramer to retweet us. That would be fun. That would be fun. Um
0: hey, what are you? Maybe we can have her on oh. for
1: Christmas because That would be fun. She does Christmas movies every year for a Lifetime too.
0: So. Oh, that's true. Mm-hmm. What are you reading right now?
1: Okay, well, I just finished. Um, I told you I had that arc for The Gunkle. Uh huh. It comes out tomorrow. Tomorrow is the pub date. Um, this movie is right up there with the new Taylor Jenkins Reid book that comes out
0: next week. Really? You liked it that Malibu much? Malibu
1: Rising. I liked it that much
0: because like, I've had two five-star books.
1: Reed. I've had two five-star books this year. It's the Gunkle and Malibu rising by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Um the Gunkles by Steven Rowley. Um, the book was so good. I loved it. I recommend everybody like it drops tomorrow. That's Tuesday. This episode comes out on Wednesday. Go get it, go read it. It's so good. So, so, so good.
0: That's awesome. All right.
1: Yeah. So I got a new art called, um, called ghosted. And then I'm also reading, um, a book about self-compassion that my therapist is making me read. Cause I okay. apparently am not good at that. <laughs> I
0: understand. Um, and what
1: about you? What are you reading?
0: So I have a book on hold at the library I'm picking up tomorrow called Celine, um, that I'm super excited to get into. I heard about on what should I read next, which is my favorite bookish podcast. Um, and then we are actually this summer doing a read through of one of my favorite historical fiction works called um, everyone brave is forgiven. So I'm going to have to look like get my hands on that one again. Um,
1: yeah.
0: Which I know very little about Celine except that how she sold it on the podcast. So I can't speak on it, but everyone brave is forgiven nice. is um, <clears throat> world war two in London. Um, the, protagonist is the daughter of a member of British Parliament and so she's lived this very privileged life um, and she signs up for the war effort um, thinking that her job will be like baking goodies for the troops or you know something that keeps her away and safe. She's a spy. She gets placed as a teacher at one of the inner city schools for the kids who can't evacuate during the bombings and yeah and so um she goes from this very privileged very white upbringing to um for a while they have to hide out in like a speakeasy that's um run by black people and it's her first time really engaging with black people and wow um, that's so cool well and then come to find out it is cool come to find out he was inspired the um the author chris cleave who's just wonderful i if he wrote if he wrote a short story on a napkin i'd read it but um, he had found letters that his grandmother and grandfather wrote each other. They were from London during the world war and it is Aww. loosely based on their lives, based on the letters that he read. Um, Did which... you
1: ever read Lily and the octopus? No. Okay. That's by Stephen Rowley too, the guy that read the gunkle, but um, I'm also reading the last thing he told me, which was my book of the month. But I didn't mention it before. It's everywhere right now. That book you can't walk down the street and not see the last thing he told me, yeah, so far, for good reason, it's excellent. It's a so far, I'm only like fifty pages in. It's very, very good. I'm really liking it, but um, yeah, I mean you you really you cannot walk down the street or walk into a Barnes and Noble or any other bookstore and not see the last thing he told me right now.
0: I love that. It's very um, hot I I just signed up for um, Book of the Month Club. And I don't remember what my two books are now. but um, Oh, I do. I remember what you got. Oh, do you? You got How Lucky
1: and Ariadne, right?
0: Yes. Yeah, I'm really excited for Ariadne. Um, yes. I know that Sarah's going to steal Ariadne. that and read it first, but...
1: Um, I heard, okay. I've heard really good things about How Lucky as well. I've heard that. Uh-huh. It was really good. I got the last thing he told me and I got imposter syndrome because I can never get just
0: one book because I have a problem. Right. So Well, same. Um, all right. Well, thanks for talking. I literally murder. canceled my and Kindle and...
1: Unlimited. I canceled my Kindle Unlimited because I don't have time to read them. Yeah. Not because I don't want it. Because I don't have time to read them.
0: Right. No, I feel that. I also, oh, I don't like to read on a Kindle unless it's my only option. Like... I have the oh, I Kindle that's waterproof, and so I read it, like, by the pool or, you know, like, when I go traveling. That's where I get
1: most of my arcs. I'm not cool enough to get.
0: Um, yeah, I like get a lot of, of virtual arcs. I do get a lot of hard copy arcs now. I do get
1: a couple of hard, I've gotten a few hard copy ones, but I get mostly virtual ones. And, I mean, that's fine with me. But.
0: Yeah. Um, if you'll hard- let me
1: read the Taylor Jenkins read book six months before it comes out, I don't care how you send it to me. You can send it to me on parchment <laughs> fucking paper.
0: I don't care. Right messenger dot pigeons just one, little, <laughs> one little little <laughs> roll at a time
1: i will print it on a dot matrix i don't care
0: <laughs> hey can you tell people where to find us
1: sure you can find us on instagram at lifetime sentence you can find us on twitter at license pod we're at facebook on facebook at facebook.com slash lifetime sentence you can find us on patreon at patreon.com slash lifetime sentence Show notes and other things are on our website at um, lifetimesinness.com. You can also find our merch at lifetimesinness.com. You can email us at hello at lifetimesinness.com. Is that right? No?
0: Podcast at lifetimesinness.com.
1: Podcast at lifetimesinness.com. Don't know where I got hello from. Um, hello. It's me. It's me. me. Um, oh, we're on, we're on Discord. Come join us on Discord. Yes, join our Discord. Lifetimesinness. It's fun. We're having a good time. We do the things.
0: All right. Well, thanks for hanging out with us. Um, Yes. And I did not have dinner, so I'm about to take my own advice when I tell you, don't forget to eat your vegetables.
1: Uh, My phone's charged, but I need to charge it again. Charge your phone. Bye. Bye.